Welcome back to the U.S. Naval History Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Dalton. This is a breaking news podcast on the recent item that I hope blows over, but I fear might not. Came from the Reuters news desk where it says that China plans to inspect ships in Taiwan Strait. Taiwan says it won't cooperate. And my fear is that this could be the beginning of any number of road to war scenarios and that all parties, China, the United States, uh, I know the United States does, and I believe that China probably does as well, understand the gravity of this situation. In many, many war games and potential scenarios, these are how these little things start, right? At first, we're just going to do inspections, and then it escalates, it escalates, and, and the die is cast, and it's one of those scenarios that nobody wanted this to escalate. Everyone wanted the other person to back down. It's that game of brinksmanship. It's that same thing that started war after war after war throughout history, and I just hope that all sides understand the gravity of this. Most likely, this is only going to be an announcement on WeChat and some Coast Guard presence. And if it does proceed, though, my fear is that there are going to be consequences, uh, you know, significant ones. And so I'm going to start. I'm going to read uh, the first couple paragraphs from this Reuters news piece. Uh, got released today. I'm doing this live effectively. No edits, U.S. Naval History podcast here, folks. It starts, China's Fujian Maritime Safety Administration launched a three-day special joint patrol and inspection operation in the central and northern parts of the Taiwan Strait that include moves to board ships, it said on its WeChat account. That move comes amid heightened tensions between the U.S. and Taiwan, with the U.S. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy hosting Taiwanese President Tsai Ing-wen in California on Wednesday, becoming the most senior U.S. figure to meet a Taiwanese leader on U.S. soil in decades. The Maritime Safety Authority in the southeastern Chinese province said on Wednesday that the operation included, quote, on-site inspections, end quote, on direct cargo ships and construction vessels on both sides of the Taiwan Strait to, quote, ensure the safety of vessel navigation and ensure the safe and orderly operation of key projects on water, end quote. And the article goes on to say that Taiwan's equivalent, the Transport Maritime and Ports Bureau, said that they lodged a protest and they're, they're not going to comply with this obvious violation of their sovereignty and that Taiwan's Coast Guard is on alert to uh, render assistance. And they gave out a statement that said, quote, if the mainland side insists on taking one-sided actions, it will create obstacles to normal exchanges between the two sides. We will be forced to take corresponding measures, it added without giving details. And so this is fairly easy to see how this could potentially spiral out of control. And, and obviously this is you know, not necessarily something that will happen. And you know, it is something that I'm sure that all sides are aware has the potential to be that tinderbox that I hope neither side wants to happen. But, you know, one, one possible you know, scenario, and this has been my sort of long feared scenario of a most likely road to hot conflict in the Taiwan Strait. And again, this is one possible is that China does some sort of announcement, such as this one, that they are going to be inspecting ships for 
terrorists slash illegal weapons slash customs reasons slash insert most applicable excuse here. Taiwan recognizes this as an obvious violation of their sovereignty, says no. China responds saying something to the effect of, but you're part of China and this is an internal security slash internal customs action. And at this point, the United States, Japan, other allies, you know, we, we put forward a statement, which I expect in this scenario, you know, happening now to probably happen in the next, oh, you know, day or two, that we support free trade and international rules-based maritime order, right? Things that we have always supported, right? Nothing has changed. China at this point could potentially issue some sort of statement if they wanted to escalate it and force uh, an answer on what happened to the one China policy. Do you still believe in this? You do, right? Because if not, we have problems. That's the fundamental basis of the U.S.-China relationship, right, from their perspective. And China announces that they consider this an internal commerce and internal security matter. And, and from there, you know, it, the, the options get hairier, right? The United States could say, okay, we're going to take this to a UN resolution, which you know, China, another permanent member of the Security Council, very dominant economic player on the world stage, you know, has Russia as an ally, another permanent member of the Security Council, um, another influential member on the world stage. You know, that's if China really puts everything they have against this, which they would, right? If they decide to escalate, uh, there, there's no chance it's getting passed, right? Because they would just bring the hammer down on countries threatening their development projects, threatening commercial ties, etc. And, you know, at this point, Taiwan... The United States, Japan, other allies, you know, face a choice if China does decide to go and board actual ships and turn this into a de facto blockade. Because I mean, the Taiwan Straits is such a busy body of water that you can't possibly inspect all the ships that go through there. And to do so would be a de facto blockade, right? Even if you honestly made a good attempt to make this go quickly, which China could or could not do if they want to de facto blockade Taiwan. And again possible scenario, but this would devastate the Taiwanese economy, obviously, and so the U.S. Uh, allies say, okay, we're going to escort the ships. Well, maybe, maybe not. We do stand for the rules-based international order, and you can't blockade a sovereign country, but also, what's our policy on, on Taiwan? China's forcing us to clarify, can we really stick by this one China policy of, there is only one China, and that is the mainland, that is Beijing. So, you know, if we do decide to respond, right, because we're we're forced to, we feel like, you know, otherwise the Taiwanese economy crashes. And then at that point, who else in Asia can trust us militarily? And Asia spins out of control. Japan can't trust us. So they militarize. Perhaps they build nuclear weapons. South Korea is not going to stand for that. They don't trust the Japanese still. At least their public doesn't. And so they could possibly, you know, say, oh, hey, we're going to build nuclear weapons. And then, you know, this goes down a dark road of a militarizing and potentially war-prone Asia. And so, okay, the United States decides we are going to support Taiwan and support their quasi-sovereignty and help them escort ships through the straits and so that Taiwan does not economically flounder. And at that point, China could say if they wanted to, look, everyone, look, look, look. The United States is interfering with our internal affairs. It's Iraq 2.0. They're invading us almost. It's a century of humiliation. And, and the Chinese people would rally around that, right? The century of humiliation when China was subject to the whims of foreign powers and a series of unequal treaties, that, that was 
humiliating for China, and the, the population is very attuned to that, just as the United States is attuned to many things in our history that may or may not be the, the most balanced point of view on these sorts of things. And China could say, look, the United States just admitted that there's only one China, but now the United States and the allies, they are stopping us from regulating our internal commerce, from solving our internal security threats. Look, everyone, look at this despicable behavior. And at this point, you know, China at any point, right, could could relent on these this inspection regime, this de facto blockade. And um, at any point, Taiwan could could also back down if they so felt, if they wanted to, right? That would be a, a serious sovereignty hit. And again, Taiwan depends on what their Coast Guard does, what their Navy does, what their military does. How how do they get involved? And and a lot of times, it's that strategic corporal concept that was talked about in Iraq a lot, where you know it's just some young guy with a He's scared. He's pumped full of adrenaline. He's 19 years old, and trigger finger slips, and uh, you know, and that someone someone gets shot, someone else gets shot, someone else gets shot, and it spins out of control. And so, what happens to try and break this blockade? You know, lots of scenarios spinning from there, and could look at this as, hey, look, a province is in rebellion, and, and you know, obviously that would entail, yeah, you, know, you have to take take security measures against province in rebellion, but. A rebellion is an internal matter, right? That, that doesn't, you know, merit an international response usually. But maybe it does. And China would, would probably also, if they were smart, and there's a lot of smart Chinese people, you know, say something to the effect of, but don't worry, rest of the world, don't worry. If Taiwan were to just allow, this rebelling province were to just to allow a customs inspection at Taiwanese ports and airports and or insert other conditions here that don't actually sound that bad, right? You know, but they're, but they're just these little sovereignty violating measures here and there. We wouldn't have to do this. This whole thing is silly. Why are we inspecting it? See, we could just inspect it at ports and at airports. So much easier, everybody, right? And the rest of the world, I mean, they're staring down the Great Depression 2.0. You know, a war between the United States and China would be probably worse than the Great Depression economically. And even if the United States said, screw it, Taiwan's on its own. Taiwan has the most valuable commodity in the world, which is they make TSMC is headquartered in Taiwan. They make a huge percent, like 80% of the world's most advanced microchips. And so the world is going to economically suffer greatly, even if you know Taiwan essentially accepts the blockade and we just sort of go status quo. And so a lot of the world, a lot of countries, right? They're, they're poor. They you know, have a big dog in this fight. Great power politics don't super concerned them immediately and uh you know they probably say yeah sounds reasonable to me we just want this all to blow over please we need roads right <laughs> we're not concerned with that stuff and at this point again right every step everybody has a choice even though it may feel like you don't and the consequences of not acting are, are huge right and you know, lots of different choices here but the u.s japan allies all of whom this is very threatening to what are we going to do right do we confront china does china back down how do we confront china what diplomatic course does it take what set of nations align with the united states uh here you know, what's the european union do what what does russia do what does australia do japan south korea right lots of players here india you know it could be cast that you know to a lot of the world at least and i'm not saying this is a valid casting but it could be cast that in a lot of people's minds, as the United States interfering with China's internal affairs, then the United States is the bad guy, the aggressor. The United States started a war and a Great Depression. And But if 
don't do this. Taiwan's sovereignty is impinged. And then it's a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And does the United States essentially go for a two-China policy where we no longer recognize, you know, Beijing as as the, you know, quote-unquote controller of Taiwan? And do we say, no, Taiwan is an independent country and, and that, you know, that, that, uh, that, that's a non-negotiable for China, or at least they claim is a non-negotiable. So what happens? Uh, you know, I don't know. I sincerely hope that we don't have to find out and that all sides recognize the gravity of the situation and that neither side decides that, you know, we could just take a little bit of advantage here, right? Because if China does do that stop and board, there's a possibility that they see the advantage or, or Taiwan sees the advantage in trying to force the issue here. There's, there's so many permutations and possible miscalculations that this is a a very bad possible scenario. And there's war games that start this way. And this has long been my sort of number one predicted way in which a Taiwan Straits conflict could turn hot. And I sincerely hope it does not. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily even think there's a 50% chance, right? But 5% chance. Yeah, sure. And uh, 5% is a lot. And you know, somewhere between five and 50. Yeah, sure. I couldn't tell you the actual percent. And all I know is this one news article, which I'll link in the description, but I did want to get this out here and I will continue to update if the breaking news uh, so merits. If not, stay tuned. I am working on more scripted episodes. I have some cool ones coming up, I think, that you guys will like. Please share this with your friends and whatnot. And again, right, this is just one possible scenario. And, but nonetheless, a scary one and lots of permutations here. And I hope that everybody is able to keep this in perspective, essentially, and that, you know, my personal opinion is that the Taiwan is in a, you know, we just try and keep the status quo, right? Sort of goodish for everybody. But, you know, people have uh, different opinions. And uh, ultimately, Xi Jinping and uh, President Biden and uh, maybe one or two or three other people are really the only ones that really matter in this sort of thing and what they are willing to accept. Taiwanese president, Japanese prime minister, few other players are the ones that are going to decide this. And I, I truly hope that this is able to be resolved in a way that is acceptable for all parties and preferably one that, you know, leaves Taiwan as a sovereign, independent, you know, country, quasi country, right? Uh, one China policy going good for now. And, and uh, I hope that's where we leave it. And we'll look back as a crisis averted in a hundred years. Thank you. Fair winds and following seas.